Welcome to Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education podcast for teachers and advisors, brought to you by UEA. Each month, we provide the latest information you need to guide your students through their journey to university, plus hints and tips to help support you in your work. We know you're busy, so we keep each episode to around 20 minutes, just long enough for a cup of coffee. So, pop the kettle on and let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education podcast from UEA. My name is Alex and for this episode we're joined by Megan. Hi Megan. Hi there. So um, later I know you're going to be chatting to Chris from our School of Engineering but first up many of our teachers and advisors will be saying goodbye to their year 13 soon but perhaps also looking to provide some activities to help them get prepared for university in the autumn. So are there any resources that you can recommend that teachers and advisors might be able to direct their students to? Yeah absolutely that's a really great question. So I know this year there was quite a big gap between maybe your sixth form or college students finishing their studies to starting university in September, October time. So quite a long period of time for them to kind of make the most of, maybe get part-time jobs, but also really prepare them for university. So the first thing I would really recommend is to encourage your students to have a look on FutureLearn at the different MOOCs that they've got available. So they're massive open online courses. They're short courses run by different universities and they're absolutely free. And one which I would highly recommend is our one called Preparing for University. It's six weeks, it's around two to three hours per week. So it might be something that you could set your students during their form time, during just over the next six weeks or so. And it's to help prepare them for that university study. So obviously university study is very different to sixth form or college. And there's a whole host of different skills that they might need to kind of use at university that they may not have come across before. So things such as critical thinking, referencing, independent learning, note taking during lectures. So it's a really fantastic course. As I said, it's completely free and six weeks. So that would be something that I would really recommend students to do or for you guys to encourage your students to do. Brilliant. Thanks, Megan. And I'll um, pop the link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, Was there anything else you thought might be helpful? Yes, obviously, we've got a little bit of time now for students to choose their firm and insurance choice. So if any of your students haven't decided which two universities they'd like to put down on their UCAS form, then I'd really encourage them to start thinking about shortlisting those universities as soon as possible. They've got till the 10th of June, but maybe they can continue to look at their websites have a look and see if they're running any um, webinars or taster sessions or if they've got any offer holder days at UEA we've got loads of webinars and subject specific taster sessions which I know we always talk about on our podcast but something for students to engage with and to find out more about the university especially if they haven't had the opportunity to go and visit it in person. I think it's also worth flagging that even if students have chosen their firm and insurance choices, it can still be worth logging into webinars just to get a feel for what life is like at that university, um, which should help them plan their first few weeks and think about things like what clubs or societies they might want to contact just so that they can hit the ground running when they arrive in autumn. So that's great. Thanks, Megan. Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education advice podcast for teachers and advisors. Brought to you by UEA. This month we're joined by Chris Atkin, who is the Head of Engineering here at UEA. 
welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you very much, Megan, and thank you for inviting me along. So, Chris, one thing we're often asked by students who are interested in studying engineering is how to decide between perhaps a more general engineering course or a specialist engineering course. What advice do you think teachers and advisors could give to these students? The first thing to say is that it's a very common query and a very reasonable one. And it tends to reflect a student's either their experience of engineering as a discipline, as a profession, or just their their own lack of certainty about where they want to end up. So I think the key message is that for those who have a particular passion, for example, I did a lot of traveling, air travel when I was a kid. So for me, I was a slam dunk going to be an aeronautical engineer. And that's exactly the route that I followed. I studied a general engineering course, but picking the aeronautical options as far as I could. And I ended up in the aerospace industry. But for a lot of students, they're not in that position. There are some who know that they're interested in bridges and dams and canals and waterways, and they will naturally look for careers in civil engineering. There are those who are interested in vehicles, petrol heads for want of a better word, and they're pretty sure they want to be mechanical engineers. And those who just don't know, and for those students, I would suggest looking at a general engineering course. The other thing to consider, of course, is flexibility. So you have some degree courses that offer all the standard varieties, so civil, mechanical, electrical, electronic, but will give you a common first year. And this is really quite good induction into engineering for students who are not sure about what they'd like to do in the long term. With a general first year, you will sample all different aspects of engineering and if it's a well-designed course, like the ones at UEA are, this will be followed by gradual specialization over year two and year three into more specific routes uh, of engineering. In some cases, you might literally have to take the plunge at the end of a, a common first year and say, no, I definitely want to pursue a civil engineering route or a mechanical engineering route uh, or electrical and electronic engineering route. At this point, I should probably say a little bit more about different flavors of engineering. Engineering is an incredibly broad profession. And the only thing that engineers really have in common is a penchant for solving problems. The context for those problems can be incredibly broad. And engineers would include computer science, for example, as a branch of engineering. So engineering will span creating web pages that are providing information and services or transactions for computer users to very obvious things like building and maintaining public infrastructure like roads, railways, whatever. It's important to say, particularly nowadays, that the different disciplines which you would traditionally have said are specialist types of engineering are increasingly coming together. So we hear talk of smart buildings. You might have a smart central heating system in your house that as well as allowing you to uh, program at what time your heating comes on and off, will also learn about 
the characteristics of your property, how long it takes for a particular room to warm up to a set temperature, and adjust the times at which the actual boiler comes on, if you like, so that your room is at your required temperature at the time you set rather than the boiler starting up at the time you set. And so this is a combination of a number of traditional branches of engineering. Uh, you've got a heating element, you've got pumps, you've got fluids, that's classical mechanical engineering, but you've got sensors, temperature sensors and communications and uh, some kind of computer that some kind of logic unit that's working out how to adjust things from day to day to achieve an optimum heating distribution. And these elements of your central heating system can't really be designed in isolation. So increasingly, we've got engineers who will need to know about lots of different branches of engineering at the same time. And that's something of a plus for general engineering courses, or at least courses that start off with giving you a general background. Thank you ever so much, Chris. That would be really helpful for advising students who are struggling to decide between different types of engineering courses. So once they have decided on perhaps a general course or a more specialist course, what sorts of things should students look out for when comparing engineering courses at different universities? So the first thing to say is that engineering as a profession and higher education and engineering is regulated by a group of organizations called the Professional Engineering Institutions. And they themselves are overseen by an organization called the Engineering Council, which is the forum where all the institutions get together and compare notes on standards that they're asking engineers and indeed universities to adhere to. So why have I told you all of this? Because I happen to chair the Engineering Council. So the, the regulation or accreditation uh, is the technical term for it of university engineering courses is a subject that's dear to my heart. And what this means is that when you're picking an engineering course, one of the things you want to look out for is, is it accredited? Or if it's a relatively new course, has it applied for accreditation? Because it, it does take a period of time for new courses to achieve that status. And that indeed gives you quite a good deal of confidence that the quality of the course uh, is going to meet certain standards. So there's quite a lot of chat about, you know, is one degree course better than another? The reality is that they all achieve a certain satisfactory baseline. The differences between courses will often reflect the different environments of the universities. So most universities will offer engineering courses that are aligned with the research specialisms of the academics who work in those universities, which is why UEA's premier engineering course is indeed energy engineering, because it reflects the uh, history of UEA in climate science and indeed the prevalence of the energy industry in the local region. So East Anglia is, is the only area where all the principal sources of energy, so petrochemical, nuclear, offshore wind and solar are all present in, in large amounts. So it's logical for us to have started down that route. And of course, now we're diversing into manufacturing, engineering and the like. 
so universities will offer different courses to reflect the skills of the people who work there and the needs of the local community that all good university engineering departments will service. So that's the first thing to remember. The other thing to remember is that there's a difference between studying a particular flavor of engineering and the job that you're likely to get. Engineering is not like medicine in the sense that there's a, a fairly tight connection between the demands of the health service and the supply of trainee doctors through universities. There's a bit more of a, a trading house post-graduation. And it's important to bear in mind that different sectors will be employing uh, more or less graduate engineers at different times. So my advice for those who are choosing their course is to bear in mind that we're not in control of our careers as much as we'd like to be, and that you may well end up doing something related, hopefully not completely different from what you study, um, but perhaps only related rather than specifically in that area. So again, that tends to advise towards a bit of breadth. But of course, that's just one consideration. Like all academic study, it's really important that you are enthused by the subjects that you're studying. So again, you mustn't let career considerations completely dominate what it is you want to study in engineering. A lot of students will go into engineering because they're good at physics and maths. And of course, that's a perfectly valid reason to study engineering. And likewise, you might pick topics that you know you're really interested in. So if you are an electronics hobbyist at home, then it absolutely makes sense that you would pick electrical and electronic engineering uh, as your chosen degree topic. So there's understanding the characteristics of the university and, and the region that the university is based in. And, and this is still a significant, uh, significant factor. For example, universities in the Midlands are traditionally very strong in automotive disciplines. And that's because you know, the car industry has had a major history in the Midland region. And universities that offer aerospace engineering, for example, you can trace them to the historical aerospace companies that were dotted around the country. So the final point about picking your course is that universities obviously offer different entry standards or require different entry standards to get in. And although I would like to offer an egalitarian view and say that you know an engineering degree from University A will be as good as the engineering degree from University B, I think the peer group that you study with is going to be quite important. And I would always urge you to pick the right peer group for yourself because an engineering degree involves considerable amount of teamwork. One of the things to emphasize about engineering is that it isn't just applied science. The requirements for an engineering degree, which are uh, published on the Engineering Council's website, cover science and mathematics almost too briefly, you might think. Other things that you have to train and prepare for professional practice is team working, is design, is understanding societal issues such as sustainability, ethical conduct, cybersecurity, and also working with people. So engineering as a profession and in education is really emphasizing 
diversity and being open to diverse cultures and ways of thinking. So this is not a discipline where you're going to sit down with a textbook and study lots of physics and maths. There is indeed physics and maths, but there's also quite a lot of design and brainstorming and thrashing out ethical concepts. And you really need to do that with your team. So there's quite a lot of into people's skills development that goes on in an engineering degree, and you'll be stimulated by your peers. So that's an important aspect, if you like, is I think to aspire to the university with the, the highest tariff that you can, because you might possibly be receiving the most stimulation from students in your, in your peer group. So that's something to bear in mind. So three things to think about is, is what, what, what demands does the university expect of its students on entry? What is the background of the university in terms of engineering businesses that it might support or research that goes on there? And also following your nose and picking a subject that, that excites you. Bearing in mind, of course, that you're not committing yourself to 70 years working in a particular engineering field. You know, you will have freedom to choose different engineering career routes and indeed to finish with an engineering degree and go into a completely different career that nonetheless values the, the numeracy, the decision making, the team working, the communication skills that you will acquire as part of your engineering degree. Subscribe to our podcast now and make sure you never miss another episode. I just wanted to ask you about the types of links that we've got at UEA with employers, placement years, and perhaps what graduates go on to do after finishing a degree in engineering. Yes, of course. So UEA has got a unique facility in my experience called the Select Scheme. And that essentially puts our students in front of local employers for, it could be described as a mock interview, but actually it's a very real interview where local businesses will talk to our students, understand their aspirations, get them to talk about their strengths and their experiences. But there's very often a follow-up where the company then approaches a student and says, look, we're very interested in, in you coming, doing some work with us. The other aspect of the select scheme is that many of our employers will interview students all their way through the degree and they'll look to offer them a position say in their third year but they'll know the student well from having had an interview session in year one and in year two and we get remarkable feedback from our employers as to the developing maturity that they see in our students from year to year in terms of the mechanics if you like of what student engagement with an employer might involve. As I say, we have the full range of placements. We might have a summer internship. We also offer a full placement year with all our degree courses. Uh, and that is built into the degree title. That placement year appears in the transcript. And I would I would really recommend that students think about taking a placement. It adds to the number of years of studying, obviously, but they do earn during their placement year and they gain incredible maturity. So I think a student that comes back to 
finish off their study having done a placement has a much better understanding of why they're studying certain topics and in particular when it comes to the teamwork design brainstorming communication they really understand the context and the importance of that We've always encouraged students to undertake a placement year, so it's really great to hear from you about the benefits of attending a placement year. So yeah, if any students of yours are looking at placement years, then please do encourage them to consider one. Chris, thank you ever so much for your time today. It's been so lovely to speak to you and hear your advice to teachers and advisors. Not at all. Uh, Thank you for inviting me along, and I hope that those who are listening will have a look at our web pages and continue to engage with the opportunities we offer to provide advice on engineering courses and engineering careers. Email schools at uea.ac.uk to find out what we can do to support your school. Thank you very much to Megan and Chris. There's some really good insights there, so I hope you found that helpful. That's it for another month. Just a reminder, registrations are now open for our free online teacher and advisor conference taking place on the 10th and 11th of June. Don't forget to have a look at the full programme and book your place. The URL is www.uea.ac.uk forward slash study forward slash teachers conference. And we'll hope to see you there. That's it for this month's episode of Nurturing Bright Futures. We would absolutely love to hear from you. To book a visit, make a suggestion, or ask us a question, drop us a line at schools at uea.ac.uk. Thanks for joining us.